This anointed teaching by Apostle Theo Volmerans comes to you from Christian Family Church International. Christian Family Church, Johannesburg. So glad that I can be with you again this weekend. My message today, 10 reasons why praying in the Spirit is important. Reason number three why praying is important. It's very powerful. It's going to encourage you, strengthen you, and help you tremendously. Plus, as we study this subject, we're going to learn about the power of the Holy Ghost available to you. That he'll work through your life for you, for your family, for your friends, and for the nation, for the church. Very exciting. Now, next weekend, Dr. Bev and I will be with you in Johannesburg, physically. We can't wait. It's been a while since we've been there. And then, I have a very, very powerful message for you next Sunday morning. You can't miss it. And then in the evening, Dr. Bev has a very powerful message for you, which you can't miss. And then two weeks' time, we have celebration. October the 2nd, Sunday morning, celebration begins. Now, I am going to be talking about Uh, the challenges that we are facing in our world today, what they are, and as I mentioned to you, that life on earth will change completely in the next few months. And we need to be ready for that. So I'm going to talk about two sides of the coin, the spiritual weapons God's given us, to deal with these issues, and the natural side of the coin, what we should do as far as like Noah built his ark, we need to build our ark, prepare the natural for what's coming. So I'm going to talk about the problem, show you what it is, and then the solution. That begins Sunday morning, October 2, plus... This celebration will not be streamed live. If you want to be in the meetings, you have to be either there in Janesburg or you have to be in San Antonio, one of those two churches, because we're beaming it into San Antonio, the whole celebration. So you won't be able to watch it on live stream. And we've got very good reason for doing that, which I can't talk about now. However, I'm going to be sharing some things that are going to be shocking to you. Now, I don't want you to be afraid, because remember this. The children of Israel stood on the one side of the hill, one side of the valley of Elah, on a hill, and the Israelites stood on the other. And Goliath would come out twice a day, beat his chest, and challenge anybody to fight him. And when David arrived, a young 17-year-old shepherd, and saw this, he went out and fought Goliath. But every time Goliath came out, the children of Israel would run away and scatter like insects 
cockroaches and hide in their tents, their tents made from canvas. Tell me, how is a tent going to protect you from a sword, a spear, an arrow, an angry Philistine soldier? How? It can't. It's pointless. And unfortunately, so many Christians are like that. When the problem arises, they run and scatter in their tents because they're not ready to face Goliath. David didn't run hard. He actually ran towards Goliath up the hill and slew him. He wasn't afraid to look at his giant. He slew his giant. Now, hear me today. We are going to learn how to slay our giant. God has a plan for your life for this future. There's going to be a mighty revival. Yes, the falling away will come from the foolish virgins that will turn away from God. But the wise virgins, I believe that's who you are. They will be ready when the Lord comes. And Jesus said, the gates of hell will not prevail against them. In other words, Satan's roadblocks will not stop the five wise virgins. They're going to go forward regardless of what the Antichrist does in his end times. I believe you and I are part of that, the wise virgin group. So don't be afraid of your giant. Come to church. Let's face him. Let's beat him. And let God's plan be fulfilled in your life in his end times. God needs you now more than ever. And you were born for such a time as this. This is your moment. Don't miss October 2 when you hear about the giant that's ahead of us. All right? See you then. But today, open your Bible to John chapter 6, verse 44. The third reason why praying in the Spirit is important is because it will allow the Father to draw people to Christ. It will allow the Father to draw people to Christ. John 6, 44, no one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him. No one can come to Jesus unless the Father draws them to Jesus. No one. That's what Jesus said. I guess he knows, right? He's the Savior. It is the goodness of God that leads people to repentance. God's mercy draws us to salvation. People don't go looking for God until God begins to draw them. And God can only do that when Christians pray. God can only draw people to Christ when Christians pray. Jesus sent the church into the world to preach the gospel with his authority. As soon as the church travails in prayer, she will give birth to new Christians. God has already bought salvation for every person on the face of the earth. All that is left for sinners to do is to accept Jesus, to accept God's gift. Isaiah 66 verse 8. Let's go there together. I'll wait for you. Isaiah 66 verse 8. Have a look in your Bible. You want to take notes, right? 
New King James translation. Shall the earth be made to give birth in one day? Or shall a nation be born at once? For as soon as Zion travailed, that refers to praying, as soon as Zion travailed, she gave birth to her children, or you can say travailing in birth pangs, like a mother giving birth. For as soon as Zion travailed, she gave birth to her children. Zion refers to Israel as a nation. And when Israel travailed in prayer, she then received back her land and became a nation again. That's what that verse is talking about. Zion also refers to the church of the Lord Jesus Christ because Israel is a shadow of the church. We see that throughout the New Testament. All the experiences of Israel are shadows of what we have in its fullness today. So since Israel is a shadow of the church, then what this means is when the church, when Christians travail in prayer, she gives birth to new Christians. When she travails in the spirit, new believers are added to the worldwide body of Christ. And when you travail in the spirit, your family can be saved. Your friends can be saved. Those you work with, go to school with, can be saved. Without praying in the Spirit, without praying in your heavenly prayer language, in this travailing, giving birth dimension of seriousness, Christianity will not expand, will not blossom like it should. Satan is blinding the minds of the unbeliever, preventing them from understanding the gospel. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 3. This is another scripture you need to turn to and have a look at. I'm so glad you brought your Bibles with you. 2 Corinthians 4, verse 4, verse 3. Paul writes to church and he says, Even if our gospel is veiled or hidden away, it is veiled or hidden away to those or from those who are perishing. It's hidden from those who are perishing, the unsaved. They can't understand it, hidden. New Living Translation for verse 4 says, Satan, the god of this evil world, has blinded the minds of those who don't believe. So they are unable to see the glorious light of the good news that is shining upon them. So look at that. It says that Satan, the god of this evil world, has blinded the minds of those who do not believe. Blinded their minds. Blind. They can't see. Like a deer caught in headlights, can't see anything. Satan's blinded their minds so that they don't believe in Jesus. So... That's why Jesus said in John 6, 44, no one comes 
to me unless the Father sent me draws him. Like you, I have personally witnessed to many different people about Jesus. And some of these have had a deep, sincere, personal encounter with the Lord. Praise his name. Others have responded a lot more casually. Still others have given excuses as to why this is not for them. Some of their reasons are so stupid. Some of them are ridiculous. There are some things people want to hold on to that are so unimportant. Now, I can't come get saved because of this. I can't go to heaven one day. I'd rather go to hell because of this little thing I need to do, keep doing. <laughs> so, so crazy. I have to hold on to that. I can't let it go. These little stupid things are so unimportant, and yet they won't let go. They won't let go. They don't want to escape the flames of hell. And I've told this little story several times in different sermons, but I believe this little story will fit perfectly right in here. This happened in South Africa, actually, a few years ago, several years ago. A farmer had a problem with monkeys stealing his corn, his mealies. And he tried to shoot them, but they're so quick, these little monkeys. You know, they're up the tree before you can even get your gun out. You know, they just, you just move and they're up the tree. They're so fast. Then one day he got this bright idea of placing a banana in a large milk bottle. Now, in the early years, several years ago, we used to get, when we were young, we used to get milk bottles delivered to the house, big bottles, big thick bottles with a nice big um, hole neck at the top. And um, I haven't seen one of those for a long time. Nevertheless, he got this idea of putting a banana in each of these milk bottles, or a whole bunch of them, and putting them where he could see them and he hid away among the, uh, the millies, you see. And of course, <laughs> monkeys prefer banana any day over a millie or, or a piece of corn. So he put these, these bananas in these bottles and he placed them where, where he could see them. And the monkeys came for the, mealy, for the corn, for the millies. And when they saw the bananas, they got so excited that they, they put their hand in the bottle, grabbed hold of the banana, okay? And, uh, but they couldn't pull the banana out because now the hand is too big with the banana in it, it jammed, it couldn't get it out. So the... the the, the farmer came out and he started shooting these monkeys. And they're all running towards the trees with these uh, monkey, uh, monkeys hanging off this banana and the bottle. And they were dragging this bottle and they couldn't climb the tree with the bottle and they got shot dead. They all died. So think about this. The monkey was willing to forfeit his life for that banana, which you couldn't have. 
when she could not have it in the day. And we, I have met some people like that. I'm sure you have too. There is some banana in their life that means more to them than heaven does. They would rather go to hell than give up that wrong thing that they would, to stop doing that wrong thing, what they shouldn't be doing, rather go to hell than give it up. Isn't that amazing? That's how ridiculous some people are. And you and I have met them. Some years ago, I was at the gym. I used to work up, always still work, still exercise. And anyhow, I have a gym at home now. But in those years, I used to go to a gym. I used to go down there to, um, to the Virgin Active Gym. And it used to be called, um, it had a different name down there in Bedford View. Anyway, uh, and um, I was in the showers one, one day, getting dressed, and there were about four young men, all macho guys, you know, cool, well-built, bodybuilders, fit. And they were talking. And they were using the Lord's name in vain. They were like every second word. And, I, and I'm getting dressed right next to them. I couldn't take it anymore. So I just, I just stepped forward and I said, I said, excuse me. I said, it seems like you guys know Jesus very well. They just looked at me, see, like, what are you talking about? So I said, well, I mean, you're using his name a lot in this conversation. And so they just looked at me, you know. <laughs> and then one of them said, um, we don't want to go to heaven. We don't want to go to heaven. They knew I was going to talk to them about heaven. We don't want to go to heaven. We want to go to hell. We want to party with our friends in hell. In other words, don't preach to me. So I said, okay. I said, that sounds great. I said, now look, why don't you, next time you're having a, a braai or a barbecue, I said, grab your beer with the right hand and put your left hand into the coals and hang out with your buddies with your hand in the coals, red hot coals, and have a great time and uh, just get ready and prepare for your eternal party so you can get a feeling of what it's going to be like. Get ready for it, you know. Start enjoying it now while I wait. So <laughs> I could see the lights came on. These guys blinked like a bullfrog in a hailstorm, you know. And the one guy said, <clears throat> well, I guess it is pretty hot down there, isn't it? So I said, it's very hot down there, and there's no fire escape from hell. And uh, I said, the only way you can escape hell right now is through believing in Jesus Christ and accepting him as your Lord and Savior because God punished him for your sins. But if you want to pay for your own sins, that's fine. Charge on, you know. So um, they said, well, well, we'll think about that. We'll think about that. So I left them thinking about that. Now, we use any means we can 
to win some. Paul said, I, win, I do all things, I am I, I, all things to all men to win a few. Praise God. Now, when we lead someone to Jesus, there are four steps to take. Write these down. Number one, call a person's name before the Lord in prayer. Write that down. Call a name in prayer. Number two, command Satan to release their mind in the name of Jesus. Write that down. Then step number three, pray in the spirit. Pray in other tongues, your heavenly prayer language, for that person by name. Call their name and say, Holy Spirit, help me to pray for them now in the spirit. Say this when you pray. Father, with the help of the Holy Spirit, I pray for Fred Bloggs right now. And begin interceding for them in tongues a little bit every day. Maybe 10, 15 minutes every day. Then step number four. When you sense in your own heart that they are ready to receive Christ as Savior, approach them and invite them to church or, better still, share with them your story of salvation. What Jesus means to you. What happened when you gave your life to Jesus. And if they are positive, then ask them if, you'd like, if they'd like you to pray for them. Would you like me to pray for you right now? And then do so. And lead them to Jesus, and then still bring them to church. Obviously, disciple them. All right. In 1973, here's a great story. In 1973, I was working. I just recently got saved. I'd been a Christian for two years. And I was working at a furniture store called Zodiac Furnishers on West Street in Durban. And Johnny Krobler was the manager and I was one of the salesmen in the store. Johnny Krobler was a very, very nice man. I really liked him very much. And um, he was a smooth operator, real cool, smooth guy. Not saved, very much not saved. He was a very, very good looking, married man, had a family, but the girls loved Johnny Krobler. I mean, they would come into that store all day long and talk to him, huddle and talk to him. And <laughs> all day long, these girls. I mean, he must have had a dozen good girlfriends. And I don't know if it was any more than that. I'm just saying that's what I saw. I read, no one knows if anything happened with those girls. I'm not implying that they did. But he was a smooth operator. And um, so I witnessed to him from time to time about Jesus. And I let my light shine. And I, let, and I lived for Jesus as best I could in front of him. And um, when I witnessed to him, I didn't, I didn't, I wasn't overbearing, but when the opportunities arose, I just shared something about the Lord 
with him. But I did pray. I interceded for him by name in tongues, just like I told you now. For about 18 months, I prayed for him continually that way. Eventually, I left Zodiac Finishes, and I never saw him again. Never saw him again. And I actually stopped praying for him when I stopped thinking about him. I stopped praying for him. I'm sorry I, I didn't stay in touch with him because he's such a nice guy. Anyway, very gentle man, well-built, good-looking guy. And um, we started the church back in 1979. And about 1990, we'd been going for about 10, 11 years, about 1990, we were at Ellensfontaine when we had the round platform. And one Sunday morning, I just finished preaching and I dismissed the people. I was standing on the platform. I, for some reason, I didn't walk off. I usually just walked off to the green room, but I stood on the center platform dismissed the crowd. I guess it must have been the Lord. But here, I looked up and here's this man standing in front of me. I looked at this man and I recognized him. Now remember, I hadn't seen the man for about 15 years. About 15 years from 1975 to 1990. And at first I didn't recognize him. And then I recognized him, obviously. And I went down off the platform, shook his hand, and I said, Johnny, what are you doing in church this morning? I was shocked to see him in church. He told me this. He said he sensed that God called him and was drawing him to Christ the whole time I was there. The whole time I was there. He said he knew, he could sense the magnetism of me pulling on him in my prayers. He knew I was praying for him. He could feel it, this desire to come to Jesus the whole time, strongly. And he said, after I left, Zodiac finishes. He felt the call to come to Jesus continually. It didn't stop. And then he said he couldn't stop thinking about me. Couldn't stop thinking about me. And he realized that he must give his life to Jesus. He's got to attend church. And so he went and got saved at a church. And he told me that the Holy Spirit never stopped drawing him to Jesus after I left. These are his words, quote, The Holy Spirit never stopped drawing me to Jesus Long after you left, the whole time continued until eventually I had to make peace with God. Could not carry on. Now I thought about that. Even though I had stopped praying for him for many years, the Holy Spirit never forgot about Johnny Krobler. Because I spent that time, those 18 months praying for him, the Holy Spirit never 
left him. He continued working, 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 even though I had stopped praying and I forgot. Let's say this together. Say this with me. When I pray in tongues for the unsaved, the Holy Spirit will never let go. Again, say it with me. When I pray in tongues for the unsaved, especially when I call their name, the Holy Spirit will never let go. Praise God. So that was 1990. Then another 20 years, actually 30 years later, 30 years later, 29, 30 years later, about three years ago, about 2019, beginning of 2020, probably 2019, I'd say, the Holy Spirit began to put Johnny Hrobler on my heart. And I, had, I just kept thinking about him all the time and longing to see him again and talk to him. So I prayed for him. And then after some time, I realized my prayers weren't enough. God wanted me to talk to him. So I got Rona, actually, and Zelda onto tracing him. And um, Rona is, uh, if you ever need anybody traced, she's amazing. So anyway, eventually they found Johnny and got me his phone number. So I phoned the house phone, okay? from America, and uh, his wife picked up the phone, I had a little conversation with her, I was polite to her, nice to her, and she was very sweet, and um, so I, from what I heard, she was not a, a Christian and didn't want to be, did not want to be. Anyway, I asked if I may speak to, to Johnny. And she said to me that Johnny has got Alzheimer's disease, that he has it very severe, and that he doesn't remember anybody's names. And mo most of the time doesn't even know her name. And... Um, so I said, I'm very sorry to hear that. I said, but even if I could just speak to him, I would be so grateful. She said, okay, I'll call him. So he came to the phone. And I said, hi, Johnny. It's Theo here. Do you remember me? And he said, Theo. Yes, I remember you. And he remembered everything perfectly. So I said to him, Johnny, I said, do you remember you gave your life to Jesus and you went to church? He says, yes, I do. And um, I said, how's your relationship with the Lord now? He says, well, I'm not so sure that I'm right with God. I'm not so sure that 
I'm saved. I'm not so sure. I said, do you want to be? He says, yes, I want to be. So I led him through scriptures on salvation to understand that he's saved because he believes in Christ. And I helped him with his faith. And he was so happy. So happy. And then I said goodbye and I prayed for him. I could see why the Lord wanted me to phone him, to encourage him. There's a sheep that I had prayed for. To encourage him to strengthen his faith because he was going to be going home soon to make sure that he was okay. And God gave him a sound mind for that particular discussion. And I believe the fact that I prayed for him in the spirit allowed him to be sober-minded at that moment. I'll always be grateful to God for being able to help Johnny come to Jesus. I know he's in heaven right now. If he's gone home to meet the Lord, he probably has. But what a nice man. I look forward to seeing him there one day. But I hope that story and the other stories will help you. I'm going to be sharing a lot of stories with you in this series Now, next weekend, I'm not talking about this subject. I've got something else to share with you when I'm with you. But when I get back to San Antonio, I'm going to continue talking about the power of praying in the Spirit and um, the 10 reasons. So we'll carry on with that subject when I get back to San Antonio. But we've got powerful messages just for celebration. All right, praise God. Well, if you need prayer, the pastors and the leaders are up in the front right now to pray for you, to pray for you. If you want to receive the Holy Spirit and speak in tongues, they will help you and pray for you to do that as well. Or you can attend the Christian Growth Seminar. There's a a teaching on there where all the scriptures about this subject are made clear and then you can choose to receive the Holy Spirit after the teaching and be prayed for. Now, if you choose to be prayed for, you will receive because no one goes home without receiving when they go for prayer on the Christian Growth Seminar. And the pastors can tell you exactly when that happens next. All right. Praise God. I believe you received what you came for in Jesus' name. Please go back to your seats and let's bow our heads, close our eyes. We're going to make sure that no one goes home without knowing the Lord as their Savior. So if you're here today and you do not know Jesus and you want to, make sure that you are going to heaven one day. And I'm going to pray a little prayer. And God's going to speak to your heart when I pray and give you that assurance. You have to invite Him to speak to you. You won't do so unless you do. So I'm going to count to three before I pray. Slip your hand up and take it down. That'll indicate to God that you invite Him to speak to you when I pray. And He will. All right, you ready? I'm counting. Heads about, eyes are closed. This is you and God now, your salvation. You're not going to be like that monkey. You're going to let go of all the nonsense. 
accept Jesus as your saviour. Are you right? Ready? One, two, three. Thank you. Thank you. All right, now somebody's coming to put their hand on your shoulder, let you know that we love you and Jesus loves you while I pray this little prayer. Go ahead. Thank you, leaders. All right. Everybody, please. Everybody, especially those who put their hands up. Let's all say the prayer together. Dear God, thank you for punishing Jesus for my sins so I can be forgiven. Please forgive me, Jesus. Come into my heart. Thank you, Lord. You are my Lord and Savior from today. Praise God. I will serve you with all my heart. Praise God. Now God is my Father. I am God's child. I am bound for heaven. Praise God. You may open your eyes. Give them all a great big praise God. Please, everybody, a great big praise God. Let them know how proud we are of them. Now, the person who prayed with you is going to take you to the prayer room. You'll be ministered to for a brief moment, and then you'll be free to go. All right? Just a brief moment, but this is very important. So go with them now. Give them a big hand as they go, everybody. Make them feel encouraged as they leave and go with those people. Thank you very much. See you next weekend. Pastor Bev and I are praying for you. We love you. Can't wait to be with you. God bless you all. Amen. Thank you for joining us during this episode of Living Life with Dr. Theo and Bev Volmerans. We hope that through this inspired teaching, you had an encounter with God. If you enjoy the teaching ministry of Apostle Theo and Dr. Bev Volmerans and would like to enjoy more resources, we hope you will visit our website at www.christianfamilychurch.co.za or for our American listeners, www.christianfamilychurchsa.com. Thank you.